On today's Stuck In, our gift to you with our last episode of the year is the shortest and shittiest one yet, perfectly befitting of the dumpster fire that was 2021. Not really our fault, though, that the Prem decided to power through with no COVID plan and get half of their games canceled, and that every other league isn't playing at all right now. So yeah, we spend a disproportionate amount of time on yet another terrible statue of Cristiano Ronaldo, the Chinese government, and pointless transfer rumors, spelled with an O. Did you hear that Barcelona are going to buy Messi back and splash $200 million for Holland? Ugh. Well, we've got more ground to cover than Rutgers punter Adam Corsak flying to Australia and back again just to play in the Gator Bowl. So, without further ado, let's get stuck in. <laughs> My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no power, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no fame, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. One more and more. People just want more and more freedom and love. What he's looking for, one more and more. People just want more and more freedom and love. What he's looking for, free from desire. Mind and senses purified, free from desire. Mind and senses purified, free from desire. Mind and senses purified, free from desire. Welcome to Stuck In, a Farmers League soccer podcast. Today is Friday, December 31st, 2021, and we want to start today's episode, the last of the year, with a message directly to one of our most devoted and cherished traveling supporters, who we know for sure is listening right now, none other than England and Arsenal legend Ian Wright. Uh, Mr. Wright, would you please forward a list of names and addresses of any and all those people you said are disrespecting Africa Cup of Nations, and we will fucking fight them. Because we here at Stuck In have a zero tolerance policy for any negativity towards AFCON. So we're putting you haters on notice. And to be clear, Jared, by the way, uh, the tournament's still on, right? Uh, as of the second, yes. Uh, we, we are starting to see the first trickle of, of players that are, are, you know, are, are testing positive and are not going to make the trip down there. Uh, camps have opened. There have been some friendlies. Uh, so in, in some way, shape, or form, it appears that there will be uh, some semblance of an Africa Cup of Nations for us to enjoy starting nine days from today. Okay, uh, awesome. That is great news to hear. Um, and, you know, the Ian Wright thing, in, in all seriousness, uh, he, he's not wrong. And if you haven't heard the story, the very quick context of it is, uh, you know, obviously this guy's coming out. He's a very, we all know him as a, uh, you know, former player, legend, uh, and obviously a great pundit and, and commenter now. Um, and I just don't think he's wrong. The points that he's making here about AFCON, you have journalists that are asking African players if they're even considering going to play in this tournament as if it's, you know, a less than tournament, as if representing their African nation, you know, is less than representing, you know, a traditional European or Western country or something like that. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's wrong. I don't know. What do you think, Jared? 
Uh, he's right and he's wrong at the same time. And and the part that he's wrong is that I don't think this is a criticism that is necessarily uniquely bestowed upon African players. And, and I think that if we want to talk about the COVID part of it, I mean, obviously we've seen how many fights have there been this year between South American countries and European teams about their players going for World Cup qualifying. Uh, the Asian Cup often takes place during the season, often in January. And we have the same conversations about players leaving their club to go play for Japan or Korea or Iran or any of those countries. So I don't know if it's an anti-African thing as much as it's just an anti-West thing to, as to what you alluded. Uh, mm-hmm. That said, it does look particularly worse when it is Africa. I don't know why. I mean, maybe as because we know that there's like a systemic institutional racism issue. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe that just makes it seem worse. So I think his argument is right, but I just, I wouldn't necessarily say this is unique to just Africa. I think it's any time any player has to go do anything and miss a game uh, in their Asian club season. And of course that never happens with the Euros or whatever. So they never have to have that fight when it comes to France's national team or England's national team or, or anything like that. So I think it's, it's just one of the things where, you know, when, when Manchester United loses a player, or when Liverpool loses a player, everyone just fucking throws a fit. Right. Yeah. And do you think some of the, the subtext from a lot of these journalist questions is actually less that, like you just mentioned, and actually maybe even more the fact that it's a uniquely scheduled uh, tournament, given the time of year, being in the middle of the you know very important domestic seasons and them having to miss what three, four, five, six fixtures. Right, but this is always, like this is not new. This is not the first time Afcon has happened in the middle of the season. In fact, this was supposed mm-hmm. to be like the first time it wasn't in the middle of the season, right? This was supposed to be played last summer right, uh, right. when all the other tournaments were played, and it was obviously pushed back. So, I mean, like obviously the the the, fe- the confederation has made an effort, right, over the last couple of years to realize that um, to, to realize that this is this is not something that the the teams want, and the players kind of have to feel this this pressure or whatever to to decide whether or not they're going to, you know, represent their country or, or, you know, whatever. And so they've made strides to change it. Obviously COVID didn't allow that. And so now they're getting the same pushback. It's, it sucks. It's bullshit. But again, I, you know, if the Euros were taking place during a club season, uh, you know, I don't know. And obviously with the world cup next year, they're rearranging the club schedule. So obviously when it's big enough, they have no problem rearranging club games for international games when it's important enough to that. And so I think that's where his argument has the most merit because we are going to do this next year. Right, right. Okay. And and yeah, and we could obviously discuss this and argue until the cows come home. Uh, whether he's right or wrong, for me, bottom line, any excuse to talk about AFCON, I'm going to go for it. So yeah, let's leave that at that. Um, but just a quick word on the tournament itself. I believe some uh, more squads are coming in. Some uh, fun new things are unfolding. Uh, I mentioned to you offline about Tunisia. It looked like they were only bringing like 15 players and none of the big names, uh, but that's been solved. Uh, they brought in that second list, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, Jared, can you give us a quick word on uh, the, the the new unfoldings in AFCON here? Yeah, I mean, most of the teams have come in at this point, uh, waiting on a three or four more to be officially announced. A couple teams that have still only kind of done the prelim squads. I think the big story lately has actually been in Nigeria, uh, who obviously named a squad last week. And through a variety of reasons, injuries and COVID and, uh, and situations, they've lost some players. Now, the big story actually with this has been uh, Emmanuel Dennis, who is a, right. uh, a Watford player. Watford, uh, he was yeah. named to the team. And then Watford now said, oh, he's not allowed to play. And everyone goes, well, why? And, and something about how Nigeria didn't send the formal request to have him soon enough. And so they're keeping him in this whole thing. And I think, again, when we talk about the right thing to kind of you know briefly touch back into that, I think this is the kind of shit that really is where his argument held the most fruit, right? Like, this would never fucking happen if, if France called in a player, like, a second late or a day late or whatever. Like, and I think this is where we kind of see, like, Watford probably by a technicality, 
is probably right. Maybe there is a, a hard, firm deadline that you're supposed to do this, so on and so forth. But this, the spirit of this is all fucking wrong. There's no reason he shouldn't be allowed to play because the paperwork didn't come in soon enough. It's a fucking joke. Uh, and as of right now, Dennis won't be going. They made a replacement for him. And, and again, it's a, it's a blow for Nigeria. Again, not only because of the injuries and everything else, but now to have this like external factor peep in. Right, yeah. And I saw the quotes from Ranieri, and he was just like, you know, bottom line, they had a deadline, they missed it. And now at this point, it is our choice. And, and to be clear, he's not technically wrong. But what you're saying is like in the spirit of the rule, like let the guy go fucking represent his country. Yeah, there's a lot going on here with the COVID shit and everything else going on. And is the tournament even going to be played? Like these teams have had to do everything in a very, very compressed schedule uh, comparatively to, to, again, any summer tournament or even in most years. And again, the fact that this, this tournament was just literally – uh, even for sure going to happen, what, last week, right? We talked about the final okay and everything. Again, it just, it, what are these countries supposed to do? I don't really get it. And, and again, um, it, it, the spirit of the the spirit of this rule is being abused by Watford because they want to keep their player, and it's wrong. Yeah, okay, I'm with you on that. Um, and yeah, for me, again, I'm just super excited for AFCON to be happening. Uh, I know there is some controversy surrounding it, uh, but yes, it is on. We are looking forward to it uh, in, geez, I mean, just a little over a week's time. Anything else, yes. Jared, on AFCON? No, again, I think we'll probably catch this, obviously, more in the, in the shows next week and as we get closer, but still waiting on those last few rosters to trickle in so we can, you know, and, and see what other injuries may or may not happen or COVID cases may or may not happen. And, um, and we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just have to imagine, given Omicron, like, <laughs> at nine days is a fucking eternity for anything to happen. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep our eyes peeled on that for sure. Uh, but yes, fingers crossed that most, if not all, of the players can get over there safe and healthy and play this tournament uh, and represent their country. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, next topic. Uh, I'm sure most traveling supporters have seen this uh, in the news. Uh, but João Cancelo, Portuguese, uh, obviously outside back for Manchester City, uh, posted to Instagram. Uh, pretty gruesome photo, actually, Jared. Very graphic. Uh, you know, not like, you know, it's not like bleeding everywhere and, and, and super gross and, and vile or, or whatever. But I mean, the, the guy is showing some wounds, uh, some, some, some bumps, some bruises uh, and, and a cut above his eye uh, from being assaulted by not one, not two, not three, but four assaulters on the street. He's with his family. He's got, you know, his, you know, just regular old jewelry that, you know, him. Uh, and uh, even though he tried to fight back, uh, as, as he said, he you know, courageously and valiantly tried to do. Um, yeah, he was unable to hold them off. And again, in front of his family, uh, and they make off with his jewelry. I mean, Jared, like, in all seriousness, like, do these footballers need to start bringing, like, security details around with them? Yeah, I mean, look, this is – and I thought about this, especially as it pertains to kind of like vis-a-vis American sports, and it doesn't very much happen on this side of the pond. And, and I thought about it, and I thought that it might be something that these guys want to do. And I don't know if it's just a function of there just being obviously so many more players and so many more countries, so on and so forth. But I mean, look, these guys are very recognizable people. And, yeah. you know, and Joe Cancelo is not the smallest dude in the world, but a lot of famous soccer players are not the biggest dudes in the world. Cancelo is only six feet tall, right? You know, he's not, he's not a brick house or anything like that. He's a strong dude, but he's not, you know, a hulking, right. he's hulking and full of muscles. And you see a lot of these guys and look, they're smaller and maybe that criminals, see an opportunity where it's somebody physically that they can take care of. And right. Nobody is robbing LeBron James short of being at gunpoint, right? Like nobody yeah. is beating up LeBron James and stealing his shit. And so I think in the, in the, 
the U.S. where we have NFL players and NBA players that are legitimately physical beasts. And then you have like hockey players and baseball players who are also big dudes, but also not very recognizable. But not recognizable, right. yeah. And, and to your so, point about football, like no one's stepping to Chase Young. Right, like, yeah, right. You're not getting some 6'9", 325-pound guy and beating his ass, right, right? So, and, and we've seen this in, in a couple of situations where, you know, the players have been able to fight back. Uh, you know, we talked about the Arsenal guys on more than one occasion, right? But these are, again, like, these are big, angry, like, Balkan dudes who usually have done this, who have, like, been able to fight back. And so I, maybe that is the answer. I don't know. Like, it seems shitty that if you go out with your wife and your kids, uh, yeah, you know, for Christmas dinner or, you know, shopping after Christmas or any situation, go to the grocery store. It doesn't even have to be a holiday thing, that you can't do it safely. Uh, and, you know, the onus should not be on the dude to, to have to change his style, lifestyle because of, of criminals. But is the answer maybe, okay, go out, but maybe don't be wearing the flashy jewelry. And again, that, it shouldn't be his responsibility to not do that. But if this is the situation, then maybe it, like discretion being the better part of valor has to step in. And then uh, especially maybe when he's with his kids, I don't know. It's a shitty thing to have to say, but maybe is that the answer? Because walking around with bodyguards doesn't seem to be any better. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is like, look, we all know, and they all know that it comes part and parcel. It, it comes with the territory of being like a rich footballer, a celebrity that's super recognizable with money that like you have to live your life a little bit differently. Like you are no longer private. Like your life is out in the public, right? You know, the paparazzi is going to follow you wherever you go, but you can't possibly say that getting fucking assaulted, right. And having your shit stolen is part of that territory too. So like, yeah, I mean, like what else are they supposed to do? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but it just seems like it's so it's way more common uh, than it should be these days. And to your point about the Arsenal guys and your other point about stepping to dudes, I don't know what those guys were thinking, especially since Sead Kolasinic was, you know, with Mezzanozo. And I would not want to see that guy in a dark alleyway. Yeah, I don't know. Is a Portuguese dude supposed to be any like less threatening? I, like, yeah, I yeah. Know, I without know. being hysteric. <laughs> but again, you know, and, and look, you know. And I'm like, just to use this as a comparison, because I'm sure if he goes out, he has, he has somebody with him, but you know, what well, Leo Messi's what five, five, right. On a purely yeah. physical level, like anyone can whoop that dude's ass. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like he's David not a, Silva, just right? all he's those not, guys that are right? like he's five, not, seven, he's not 120 not most, pounds soaking wet. They're not the most threatening guys in the world. So if it's those guys, like, again, do they have to travel with bodyguards? Is Joe yeah. Cancelo famous enough? Obviously, apparently he is, or did they maybe just see jewelry and then not know who it was, but I don't, I don't really know what the answer is, but. Uh, again, uh, discretion has to be the better valor. And I would say maybe if you're with your kids, uh, maybe that's when you want to leave the flashy jewelry at home. And again, that's, it shouldn't have to be that way, but obviously it, it, it is. Yeah, I, and I get it. And it, they have to have all that stuff insured and with the family around and the safety stuff, just hand it over, deal with it later. I, look, I'm not taking anything away from the guy and I'm not trying to start, you know, shit here or whatever. But, and I get it. There's like a machismo too there, like defending your family. And sometimes you feel like you have to stand up for yourself against these cowards. And I, I get all that stuff. But like you said, sometimes discretion is just the better part of valor. And if you just want to like 100% get out of there safely, you know, just hand the stuff over and call it a day. I, I'm not saying it's a good solution or whatever but uh but yeah that that's just a tough one i don't know yeah i, no, I totally agree with you yeah so anyways um yeah we'll leave that at that and uh yeah the last topic here another fun uh newsworthy one uh i mean this could have been like an own goal of the day it could have been a stoppage time winner for a number of reasons but i'll just throw it in here for fun uh but you may have seen uh that china the chinese government or you know the general administration for sport or whatever it is i mean it's all the same thing communism uh they have now officially banned tattoos for their footballers uh i think you you can even have like your former tattoos grandfathered in uh but like they expect you to get rid of them in a deliberate amount of time but certainly no new tattoos because 
says, Jared, and of course the quote is, uh, they need to set a good example for society, says the government that censors literally everything, is about to absorb an autonomous nation state and commits act of genocide like against their own people. So, but, but yeah, it's the footballers that need to you know, set the good example. Yeah, uh, well, obviously this is going to hurt their ability to sign any foreign dudes because if you watch any fucking European league game ever, like 20 yeah, guys exactly. on the field have, like, are covered like head to toe. Uh, yeah, um, and, and I guess, I mean, if you're a soccer fan in China, are, is it the Chinese Super League players that are your like idols? Like, is that like what we're doing here? Um, I'm not really yeah, sure, that's the thing, right? Like, I'm not sure that the, uh, that the kids, the 10 year olds in China that are, um, th- that are, that are what their big soccer fans are, what, uh, they're wearing Messi jerseys and Ronaldo jerseys and, yeah, and Neymar jerseys. jerseys. And most of those guys are, are tied to the gills and, and they're not going to stop them from fucking wearing tattoos in Spain. So not really, I'm not really sure how effective this is. Obviously, to your broader point, this is obviously an authoritarian government uh, just cracking down yet again on something that they feel like cracking down on for no good reason, just because they can. And nobody can stop them because, as you said, they are, uh, again, not great people. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty much how we have to end that one. I'm just throwing it in there because I saw No, it. it's, it's absolutely it's hilarious. hilarious. It's just, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. hilarious headline. But it's, it's, I mean, it's just like, it's, you know, my eyes could not roll enough when I, when I saw this one. <laughs> It's China. It's just China right there. And I'm sure I'm going to get on like some blacklist because they're listening to all of our calls right now. Uh, so anyways, um, yeah, that'll do it for the topics, Jared. What do you say? Let's uh, blow right into the segments here. Um, again, not really too much to talk about. Uh, you've got Italy, Spain, Germany, off, no games. Uh, I don't know if there's any Turkish delight. I didn't even look. So we're going to pretty much just spend our time in the Prem, which is also pretty much combined with our, our COVID block. Uh, a couple more games canceled. I think we're up to like 18 now, something like that. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle postponed. Leicester City and Norwich postponed. Uh, so, but yeah, still a couple of games played over the last few days since we last spoke to you all. Uh, Chelsea dropping points, Liverpool dropping points, and of course City getting the job done once again. Uh, the title race is over. Spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, let's let's chat about the games. I think you know probably the the most exciting one uh, is Leicester City one, Liverpool nil. Brendan Rodgers going back to his old club, uh, or playing again, or rather managing against his old club uh, and getting the result. Uh, I mean, Liverpool just have to be kicking themselves for this one. Uh, Mohamed Salah three, not one, not two, but three bites at the cherry with his penalty kick, uh, which by the way was pretty soft as is. We can argue the merits of that. I mean, Mane missing a sitter in the 55th minute. He was through. He slots those 99 times out of 100 every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Uh, maybe he's saving it all for AFCON, all those goals. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, and make some pay a few minutes later. Uh, and that's the final score. Leicester City won, Liverpool nil. Yeah, really stealing three. And again, Leicester has the, the match at City the other day, and then Liverpool uh, within three <laughs> days, which is uh, really not a uh, really not getting on the schedule makers good side, obviously, with that. Uh, but if they if you would have given them three points, obviously, before these two games, they probably would have bitten your arm off for it. Uh, and they absolutely steal one, as you said, uh, you know, possession. Uh, largely uh, Liverpool's way. Shots were 21 to six. It was Leicester's <laughs> only shot on goal of the match, uh, the look, which is a banger, to be fair. Absolute banger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really nice goal. Um, and yeah, they absolutely stole one. And, you know, instead of, uh, you know, Braj after the game fuming about the schedule and how unfair life is, he gets to come and call his players heroes as if they are, you know, NHS workers, uh, you know, and they've actually like saved the country from, from further drama. Uh, but it's a great result for Liverpool, right? They, they, I'm sorry, for Leicester. Leicester they've had yeah. so many, they've had so many tough results of late. Uh, it hasn't really gone their way of late and, uh, and they get one here and it's great for them. 
and um, and it's a it's a massive three points. Look, they're going to try and in the second half of the season get back into this title, uh, not the title race, but the European spots. Uh, sure, maybe yeah. get back to that that conference league, which they're about to be in this year, even though they don't know what it is. And uh, <laughs> yeah, getting look beating Liverpool, great result. Uh, obviously, it's, it probably does more harm to Liverpool than it does good for Leicester, but nonetheless, they will uh, they won't complain in the least. Yeah, no, uh, and and. You know, again, the Salah pen. Well, I ask you two questions here. First of all, maybe Salah's saving it for for Afcon as well. Uh, pretty soft penalty. Looks like the one where he's like, you know, yeah, sure. The defender lunges in, uh, and Salah just kind of like leaves his leg and even gives it that little extra motion towards it, so he makes contact. Seems like a soft penalty to me, but penalty to you, Jared? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that in the in the realm of what we have seen in the past few weeks, I think it's a perfectly valid call. I'll say. Uh, I don't think it's a stonewall or anything like that, but he, he said know, confidently. Yeah. Like, I mean, wait, wait, wait. we've seen so many calls that have just been absolutely mind blowingly bad. And this is just sure. not that. Um, and, you know, it, so I, I don't know if I would call it a, a ball out wide situation, but I think that if they had not blown a penalty there, uh, I think we can sit there and go, okay, fair enough. Move on. Uh, you know, could have called it, could have not. And so maybe, mm. maybe there's some sense of justice by Schmeichel saving it. I don't know. Yeah, very good. And my second question to you uh, is, has Jordan Henderson ever seen a volley he didn't like? Uh, no, Jordan Henderson does love him a volley. Uh, and everyone, Dude, it's and, amazing. And, like every, every ball that's up in the air, like anywhere within like a 10-yard radius, he's just, I mean, he's just having a go. Yeah, no, it's like it's like when you literally play FIFA and you're just like, you see a ball and like before you even have a chance to like think about it, you just hit the shoot button. And then actually by the time the ball actually gets to where you're going to shoot, you go, oh, that wasn't a good idea. Like, can I get out yeah. of this? Like, can I get the button combo to like, to cancel it? And now he just hits the shoot button and just follows through. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. Actually, that just made me think of, you know, the last time I played FIFA was like FIFA 2005, like back in college. Like, I, I just never got into it like you and obviously the rest of the world did, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I just always remember like button lag. Like I would press, is that still a thing? Like I would press shoot like six seconds ago. And then when the ball gets to me, it shoots like, even though I didn't want to at that point. Yeah, no, there's still quite a bit of that. And I think actually the bigger issue they've had is uh, in a weird way, they've moved on to like the better FIFAs. Uh, they've put in so many like intricate animations and like to try and make it more realistic that it actually almost hampers it because oh, like okay. it'll be like oh like the player can make this like extra little touch and you're like no I didn't want it to take an extra like so it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, so actually if, if you look at a lot of the guys who actually are like pro FIFA players instead of playing the PS5 version they actually p- play the PS4 version because they actually like it better so that's that's where FIFA is 15 years later. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Appreciate the update. Um, a quick word, Jared, on the other games that I mentioned there. Obviously, City won, Brentford nil. Uh, I think Foden got the goal in that one, right? And then Chelsea won, Brighton won. Uh, Thomas Tuchel just super, super frustrated. Uh, you can see it, obviously, in his post-match pressers uh, for more reasons than just the poor run of form. Obviously, super riddled with injuries and COVID. And obviously, we'll talk about <laughs> Romelu Lukaku's comments in a bit. Um, but yeah, again, those two, the other two, uh, you know, the, or the, sorry, the other team dropping points uh, alongside with Liverpool. Yeah, and, uh, Danny Welbeck coming out of nowhere to score an equalizer for Brighton at the death. Who would have thought of that? Uh, yeah, uh, look, Chelsea has a lot going on right now, and, and we've talked at length at nauseum about it. Uh, most of it not good, uh, as you mentioned, the Lukaku thing we'll talk about in a minute as well. Uh, but, yes, yeah, it's, it's not great, and they have a lot of talent, and even though there are a lot of guys missing, look, player for player in this match, they have enough good players to beat Brighton. Okay, it's just it's like and, and to be out possessed and to be outshot when nonetheless Christensen's on the field and Rudiger's on the field and that's Phil Equita and Jorginho and Kovacic and Reese James and Alonzo as a sub and Pulisic and Lukaku and Conte as a sub. Like, come on, 
foot, yes, they have injuries and maybe they can't make as many subs as they like and so on and so forth. But that team is better than Brighton coming in with Dan Byrne and Cucciarella and Beltman and Busema. Like, come on, like, it's not the same fucking level of talent. And you can say all you want about the the injuries and all you want about the COVID and so many games and so many days. But by and large, you have better players on the field. Flat out, no doubt about it. Look, Brighton would trade their 11 for your 11 100 times out of 100. You would not trade even once out of 100. You're at home. You have the lead. Get the fucking result. Like, it's, I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) at that point, you just have to. And and look, yes, and they all have their fucking problems right now. They do. Like, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, no, I'm with you. I just don't think Tuchel uh, is in any place. Uh, there is no justification to be complaining about this whatsoever. Uh, although good for Brighton, snatching a point right there. Uh, well, there's a couple things to say, uh, again, about the Lukaku thing. Uh, but let's save that for later. Uh, anything real quick, Jared, on uh, City-Brentford 1-0? Uh, maybe he was offside, maybe. I'm not really sure because, if, <laughs> you know, again, we, we beat this dead horse. But, right, uh, Harry Kane has one uh, nullified for Spurs against Southampton where – Maybe like uh, maybe part of his shoulder blade might be offside or whatever, mm. and then it certainly looks like about as much a Foden might be offside, and then one is given, one is not. They still have no idea what they're doing. Again, not a big, not the biggest deal in the world, but just a uh, an observation that you know uh, the more things change, uh, the more they say the same. Shall we say? Okay. Uh, and anything else about that Spurs game? Spurs one, Southampton one. Uh, right. I mean, a couple couple points to make here, maybe, but yeah, one one. Um, look, this is what they are. Uh, I, I think, again, it's very troubling for Spurs that in the last couple of games, they've spent a considerable amount of time uh, up a man. And they just, and while being up a man, they pretty much, I think, maybe have one goal from the run of play despite being up a man for like 100 minutes or something. And mm. for, again, a team with as much talent as they have, you would like to think that they would be a little bit more uh, efficient and, and, and not having this exact problem. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And as you can see to the traveling supporters, we are really grasping for straws right now. <laughs> we are, we're ending the year on a bang here. Uh, just again, not really too much going on. Like we said, Italy, Spain, Germany, no games. Uh, I even pulled up the, the Turkish super league and you know, they've only played like, <laughs> they haven't played any games since we, since we yeah, last talked. But... A couple of random notes. Spain actually is playing this weekend. Uh, there actually has been a game already uh, on Friday as we record. Uh, yeah, okay. I believe it was Espanol, I believe, getting a, a bit of a shock result. So we will have, a, at least on Monday, we will have Spain to talk about a little bit uh, as they kind of get back into it. I should also say that uh, Portugal, uh, I know we, we love dabbling in a little mm, Portuguese delay, uh, had some games during the week. And, and the result of note there that I came across was Porto with a 3-1 win over Benfica. And the uh, match winner in that game scored by none other than Pep, uh, or Pepe as he might want to be called. Still, still grinding away in Portugal. Uh, like at 150 years old or whatever he is, but still getting goals for Porto, uh, uh, you know, a Champions League side. So, uh, yeah, that's what's actually gone on during New Year's week. Very good. And that'll do it for the Domestic League Roundup featuring Jared Reback. Appreciate that shout at the end there. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to 2022, uh, the, all the domestic leagues, the restart of Champions League, all that great stuff. Uh, but yeah, we're going to put a pin in that for right now. Uh, moving on to the next segment. Uh, and Jared, I apologize to you. I apologize to the traveling supporters in advance. I wanted to put a pin in this as well until things actually started heating up. Save it for January. But unfortunately, the headlines prevented me from doing so. So let's, uh, let's just maybe spare 30 seconds here to talk about yet another rumor that will certainly not happen. Uh, but yeah, th- this one just like actually made me laugh out loud. And we just, <laughs> let's just like say two things about it. Uh, Mbappe and Halan to Real Madrid. 
Yeah, like, I mean, like look, I mean, we've talked about that. <laughs> that house too. And like, and like, I was even, uh, you know, I even wrote when you said, you know, in our additional notes, like, are there any other things? It's like, I'm so tired of seeing <laughs> player that needs that wants to transfer, club that maybe has ten dollars. Ergo, rumor starts. And like, you yeah, know, we yeah. talked at Newcastle, right? Every oh, oh uh, uh, you know, Titi wants out. Uh, Newcastle. Uh, you know, Coutinho wants out. Uh, Newcastle or Arsenal. Uh, this guy wants out. Uh, well, you know, where who has ten dollars to scrape together? Yeah, uh, it's just like it's. I, I mean, it's so fucking stupid. Uh, that said, if if Real Madrid signed Mbappe and Holland, that would be very. I would enjoy watching them play. I, I can say that. But uh, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm so I'm so over how dumb all this is all the time. Yeah, I, I think they're just trying to like get the band back together, like Galacticos Part Two or something like that. I mean, it would just be ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, no, as we all know, that's not going to happen. So we're not even going to talk about it. Halan uh, to Manchester City, obviously. Um, yeah, we, we alluded to Lukaku. Let's say a quick word on that, and then maybe some actual uh, transfer news after that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what was the interview with like Sky Italia, right? Uh, and obviously, we all know yep. that like Lukaku's time at Inter, he absolutely loved it. You know, winning titles and. He was, it was, it was a really good situation for him. And, and so he's spoken now uh, with uh, Sky Italia. And, and the quote, I believe, is, uh, after two years in Italy, in which I worked a lot at Inter with trainers and nutrition, nutritionists, I am physically fine. But I'm not happy with the situation. And, of course, referring to his situation at Chelsea, this is normal. I think the coach has chosen to play with another system. I just have to not give up and continue to work and be a professional. I am not happy with the situation but I am a worker and I must not give up. Now I'm confused about this for a lot of reasons. And obviously this is going to start the transfer speculation and all that stuff. But my, my confusion is just with like, he, he was injured for like a really long time. And like when he was eligible to come back, like he got back into the team. Uh, and so like, where is the like disconcertedness here? Like, I don't understand this. I mean, I think I, like, I, as you alluded to in the quote, the system of play is probably not ideal uh, and, and again, I think this speaks to the broader struggle we talked about with Tuchel and trying to figure out what the hell he's doing with all these players. And so I think in that sense, uh, that's probably what Maury's talking about. I don't necessarily think he's saying, hey, I'm healthy and Tuchel doesn't play me. I, I, I don't really interpret it that way. I do think these comments to some level have been slightly over, overblown. Mm. Um, well, that, and that's sense- effectively what Tuchel said, right? He was like, anyone can chop and change an interview into a one line headline for you know for the the clickbait and all that stuff yeah and again for me it, it's it's uh look i don't think it's wrong for a player to say hey like this might not be the ideal system for me but i'm going to work my ass off and that's mm-hmm. what he said right he said look it's not perfect for what i like but I, i'm a hard worker and i'm going to play and i'm going to do the best i can that's what you expect a player to say it might not be perfect. I would say like 95% of players are not in a perfect situation for themselves, right? Especially attacking players, right? And so for him to just say, hey, look, it's not perfect for me. And yes, obvi- it's obvious. He, he longs to be back in Italy. And he even said, I would have never left Inter Milan except pretty much they had to sell me because they couldn't afford it, uh, yeah. you know, to keep us all around. And he said, I would love to go back one day. Cool. And, and look, do I think he should say that? And, and probably not. It's not a good look to say that part of it. Uh, but like he fucking told the truth. And we always say like, these guys are always like, they're always couched and they never say anything interesting. And, and they always just follow the party line and just say, Oh, we're going to try hard and go on mates. And we were hard done by today. And they just re- spit up the same fucking 30 things in a row. And he actually said something different. He spoke honestly. Uh, he said he was going to play hard for Chelsea. He hasn't shown any, any 
evidence that he doesn't play hard. He scored the goal for them the other day, and they they're better when he's on the field. So he fucking spoke his mind. Whatever. I like. I don't care. Like he'll go back yeah. to one day. He'll be happy. Yeah, well, well, two things on that. First, I mean, they have played him as the the only nine and with two nines since he's come back. So it's not like he's just completely being, again, like you said, not even entirely left out, but that he is back and he has played in the system that he does like, right? And then second of all, about the, you know, saying things with a little bit more color, with a little bit more, uh, you know, real rawness to it uh, or whatever. I, I mean, Joe, this is, I get what you're saying, but it's like, Dude, you're kind of insubordinating your coach with these types of statements. And, like, you can't have that in the media. Yeah, maybe not. Again, like, I, to me, is it, again, is it ideal? No, absolutely not. Uh, and, and Tuchel, I think, actually did probably a pretty admirable job of trying to diffuse it uh, with what, as you, you alluded to his quote already. Uh, yeah. And so, I, I don't know. I, again, I just, I'm neither going to say, these guys should never say anything interesting because it's a hell of a lot more boring when they do. Yeah. Okay. Fair play. Fair play. Um, there are a couple other, uh, I think actual uh, rumors and here we go. So here, did, did we uh, mention the Ferran Torres thing, Jared? And then I'll, I'll let you kind of take it away, but that, that one was formalized, right. And to it in a previous pod that it was probably happening. Yeah. Now it's official. Uh, again, we, we don't really know where Barcelona is coming up with the money for this. Obviously they're going to have to sell <laughs> some players in January, which again, starts every other rumor as we've already alluded to. Uh, but on the Barca train as well, uh, a rumor that I think is having a little bit more of a, a, some steam picking up is apparently they're trying to sign Morata uh, from Juve. Uh, mm. and the only thing we're waiting on is for Juventus to, to find somebody to kind of replace him and possibly Dybala as well. He, he's coming down at the end of his contract. And again, uh, and Morata certainly uh, transfer fee-wise probably wouldn't be very expensive. But again, uh, this is a team that doesn't have two dimes to, to buy gum with. And again, not only after spending, you know, 60 million or whatever on Torres, they're now going to pay what I would have to imagine to be uh, Marata's considerable wages. And again, like there seems to be a little smoke here. And, and that's what's so bizarre to me because, again, they have no money. And, and for all the dumb rumors we see, like the ones that involve Barcelona seem to be the only ones that are actually coming true these days. Yeah, no, fair play. Um, and uh, any other transfer rumors that might be going on, Jared? Uh, you know, again, along with that, they talk about getting rid of people. Uh, Serginho Dest is a name that has still been thrown around. He's actually been uh, mentioned at Bayern, though I've heard that more or less shot down. I've also heard him possibly mentioned at Chelsea uh, with the Chilwell injury. Uh, we've already talked about them, you know, possibly moving on a couple guys of their own and that are defenders. And maybe this would be a replacement. Again, I'm not really sure if that would happen or make any sense. Uh, and also with Barcelona, again, they seem to be the hot club. There's a lot of rumors uh, involving Usman Dembele as well. Uh, he, they have offered him a new contract with a, a price, uh, salary reduction because he is hurt all the time. He has said no. He's ready to see out the rest of his contract if they don't come back with a better offer. So there might be a rumor that they might try and even try and get a little bit or something for him in January, uh, again, to try and get his salary and then try and get any money they can for him as well. It is amazing to me that a club like Barca, who at this point doesn't have two fucking nickels to rub together, they're still at the heart of all the it's everything. Rumors. It's every single one and it's, buying too. And that's the most amazing part. It's it's so incredible. Although I think they were done a solid. Sorry if you already mentioned it uh, by Manchester City with the Ferran Torres thing, right? Didn't they like allow them to delay their payments until next year, so it's not on the books until next year? Blah 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 blah. blah. I mean, most transfers already kind of exist in that way. Like everything's amortized, amortized, or whatever the however you pronounce oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, if you remember that favorite, like if you remember the one between or when they did they swapped like Arthur and Pjanic uh, a couple years ago. 
And mm. both teams actually were so willing to do it because when you sell a player, it hits your books like right away. Like, like the whole thing hits your books. And when you buy a player, you can like spread it over the life of the contract that you give the guy. So both of them got to register like 50 million in sales and like 10 million in buy. So like they have like a, a net of 40. Of course, the problem is if you do that 15 times, then, you know, you don't, you don't sell a player the next year. And now you have, you know, four different players with 10 million each hitting your books and it looks bad. So, I mean, I, I don't know that that city necessarily doing them a solid. Uh, I think the big thing would be how long the contract that Torres signs is and, and how much they're able to space it out. But again, they can't even get under their salary budget. So that still doesn't fix, you know, the put, putting the transfer, you know, fee over a bunch of years doesn't solve that other problem. Right, right. All right. Uh, very good. Appreciate the explanation. Uh, Jared, anything else for the transfer rumors? Uh, and here we go. Or is that it? God knows that. Uh, I, you know, I should actually say this as, a, as an MLS guy. Uh, there is a semblance of MLS free agency now. And, and the Red Bulls captain, Sean Davis, played every minute last year, was a free agent, uh, has decided to sign with Nashville. Uh, and again, this is a guy I've talked about before, played every single minute for the club last year, even when they had all the games in short order. Uh, obviously was a great servant to the club. And it's always sad when you see these guys move on, uh, you know, good dudes who, who play very hard. And so mm. uh, just, you know, a tip of the cap. Uh, I'm sure he'll do great in Nashville. It's kind of become a, a staging ground for former Red Bulls guys. He'll, he'll join a couple of his buddies. So, uh, you know, good for him getting, you know, I guess getting what he wanted. And, and uh, but sad to see him go from a Red Bulls supporter. Yeah, no, for sure. Good shout. And by the way, now that you've mentioned MLS, uh, you know what it made me think of? We obviously talked about, uh, the Lorenzo Insigne transfer to uh, Toronto, uh, which is finalized now, right? And yep. also, I, I, I read something about um, it was Giovinco who used to play for them, the dude, like the four foot nine guy who was actually very good for uh, Toronto for many years. Um, it, some good quotes from him. He was like, he was like, good point. You know, like I was basically not like blacklisted, but I was, I totally fell off the radar. On, for the Italian national team once I came over to the U.S. And obviously he never made it back in and around the side. Uh, do you think the same thing could possibly happen to Insigne? I mean, he's just – he's a different player. And I think yeah, he's a I lot mean, more important to that team. I, I think that's the big thing, right? I, he's off, he's far – like Giovinco was not in every, every day, every call-up guy for Italy as it was. Yeah. Uh, Insigne is not that – and, and, you know, if assuming, well, I shouldn't assume this, if Italy makes the World Cup, right? Very much in doubt. As, as <laughs> yeah, no, know. good point. Uh, right, playing Portugal, if, that, you know, if that's where to, where to happen. Um, I, I also think the big deal for, uh, you know, which might actually help in this situation, again, because he's not the youngest guy in the world, obviously not, you know, eight, you know that old or anything like that. But, you know, if MLS season ends in November or whatever, or maybe he has a month off before the World Cup after the MLS season ends, he might actually be in really good physical shape to be ready for the World Cup where he's right. gotten a break. Uh, he, you know, he's had a season, so he's not, you know, he won't be in midseason form or anything like that. He'll be in, in postseason form, but he'll kind of have that break. He, his legs might not be as heavy as they might be otherwise, so on and so forth. So it actually might even play to his benefit. But again, this is all contingent upon Italy actually making it to the World Cup. Right. And this obviously that also has nothing to do with an MLS stand, you know, spinning it so that coming to the U.S. is better than continuing to play in Europe. Right. Uh, no, I mean, look, uh, <laughs> if, if Insigne stops getting called in and they say it's because he's an MLS, I, I mean, it would be something that uh, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. But again, I think the player is the player. And I, and I think we've seen MLS players be successful for national teams, uh, you know, in the past, despite playing in a, in a lesser, quote unquote lesser league. And, you know, if the player's good enough, he'll, he'll be good. And if he's not good enough, then he won't be. And I don't think him playing in Toronto. And by the way, this will be at the time for five months when the World Cup starts is going to mean he can't play for Italy. 
Gotcha. All right. Good stuff. Uh, and let's go to the last segment, the tried and true uh, own goal of the day. Jared, as your gracious host, I will allow you to go first. Yeah, I'm going to go with Norwich City fans. Uh, two separate incidents this week. Uh, first, a uh, uh, during the Chelsea match, I believe, uh, that they played and they got beat in a few days ago, uh, chanting at Billy Gilmore, who is on loan uh, from Chelsea. Uh, and then their own fans, the Norwich fans, pretty much telling him to go the fuck back to Chelsea. I guess singling him out is the reason that Norwich is so bad, which is particularly hilarious to me because I would think that there are a great many reasons Chelsea are so bad. Or, mm. I'm sorry, Norwich are so bad. Norwich, yeah. Uh, Billy yeah. Gilmore being the least of them. <laughs> and I'm gonna God. take a I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and say that if you ask Billy Gilmore uh, where he'd prefer to be playing right now, Chelsea might be the answer. So I'm not even sure that you are even. Uh, really really hurting him with that comment because you're pretty much saying hey leave our championship club and go to a team that is going to be in the champions league and, and could even contend for a league title is really not right. a dunk i think they think it is well and that, that kills me because okay like i get it he hasn't been a world beater at norwich but he has been like one of the few bright spots to, so, so to come at him good god yeah and uh and more importantly and more distressingly for norwich fans uh in their match against crystal palace uh, one of their fans caught yelling racist things at Crystal oh. Palace players and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, I want to do give the tip of the cap, if you want to consider this a winner of some kind, to other fans in the area and the club itself. They were able to identify the guy. The guy is going to be charged and so on and so forth. So a tip of the cap, uh, certainly to the rest of the supporters for, you know, kind of doing the right thing and not hiding the guy. Nonetheless, still, uh, you know, we obviously can't go more than two weeks without one of these situations. But again, mm. I feel it is our moral uh, obligation to mention them whenever we come across them and because Norwich fans already suck this week no reason to not add this one to the pile yes sir uh, you have to mention it and and nice job there Jared spinning an own goal of the day into a stoppage time winner that's that's good man uh, that, that's you know after doing this 37 times we're starting to get pretty podcast savvy I'm nothing here. I'm nothing if not an optimistic human by nature as everyone <laughs> probably knows by now Oh yeah, just yeah. You're you're in the upper echelon of positivity uh, and non-sarcasm. All right. Well, anyways, uh, yeah. So my own goal of the day uh, is going to be uh, just another news story, and th this kind of cracked me up too. So this is kind of a stoppage time winner. Uh, it's also a little bit of an anti-Portugal thing. Um, so you know what? I'll I'll, I'll spin it that way too. Uh, but you might have seen that um, the smallest state in India called Goa, G-O-A, um, has constructed a statue of Cristiano Ronaldo uh, in its state. The only problem with this, you know, obviously they're, they're just actually I don't even know why they're building this statue in the first place, like just to some random football. I know he's the you know biggest name, blah, 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 all that stuff. Uh, but not only is it like not confusing because of that, but it's also confusing because if you know about like Western European colonial history, you will know that that particular state of India was ruled colonially for 450 years by fucking Portugal. So you might say in 2021 that putting a statue of a Portuguese soccer star uh, might go down as insensitive. And yeah, I mean, you're just like reading all the quotes from, you know, these these uh, uh, Indian, you know, professors and philosophers and everything. And they're, they're like, uh, yeah, like, do you think, did anyone think about this? Could you have made another choice? Like, why, why not Chetri? Like, Chetri's actually really close to Ronaldo in, like, international goals. Like, he's an, Indi he's an actual Indian. 
Indian and a legend there still playing in their Super League, et cetera, et cetera. Just like a lot of confusion, but like total own goal of the day here for me, Jared, on that one. And that's the, and that's the name I wrote down. Absolutely. Sunil Chetri instead. Yeah. Uh, as you said, a legend of the Indian game. He's played like 377 career club matches, oh. all but four in India. Literally all but four matches in India. He has 100 and I think like 20 caps, 125 caps for India, 80 goals internationally for India. Uh, and, and like I guess the genesis behind the statue is that you know, they want, uh, it's, it's for kids to look up, to have a sporting idol that they can look up to, and to your exact point, and, and I think a lot of the blowback has been, why not pick somebody who is yeah. from India, or, you know, or, or like, look, and, and again, as much as we hate the guy, right, it's not even to take away from Ronaldo and his ability, like, look, if you want, strictly on the field, you can do far worse than looking up to Ronaldo as a soccer player, absolutely, yeah. off the field may be a different story, uh, but nonetheless, um, yeah, I, like, look, India is a growing sort of soccer culture, right? It's trying to a little yeah. bit, uh, you know, slow and steady right now. But I, I, I do think that if you want to maybe engender these uh, generation of children to rise up and be great Indian players, you should look at Indian players maybe to to be a, a key function of that. Uh, which is not to say, don't, you know, look, tell the kids, hey, look, you can be like Ronaldo, but the statue part maybe should be an Indian player. Uh, that's my yeah. uh, pair of pennies on the matter. <laughs> Yeah, may, j- just maybe. I I don't know if you had a second thought about that. No, let's just go with Ronaldo. <laughs> that, that one just cracked me up. Anyways, but not the worst, Jared, not and not the worst Ronaldo statue of all time. Well, yeah. So just add this to the pantheon of Ronaldo statues that have caused controversy. Uh, although this this doesn't touch the ugly one. I mean no, that that is not. just number one unequivocally like the best of all time. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, anyways, yeah, Jared, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, I mean, we're already on a positive note here, so let's just keep it rolling uh, with our stoppage time winners. Uh, again, I'll let you go first on this one, Jared. What's your stoppage time winner? I'm going to give it to a club called ASPRI. And uh, if you haven't heard of that club before, you're probably not alone. They are a Tahitian club. And, uh, you know, if you remember the famous Tahiti uh, Confederations Club, uh, Cup yeah. situation back in, oh, God, what was that, like 2013 uh, or something? Or something. 13, yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, but they are going to be in the Club World Cup in February. Uh, Auckland uh, out of New Zealand was supposed to be the Oceanic representative. They have pulled out due to uh, essentially uh, COVID rules in New Zealand and the trouble they would essentially have coming back into the country. Oh, uh, right. So pretty much the OFC decided with no uh, New Zealand teams really available for selection that they were going to name the, that this club from Tahiti Parai uh, to go and then get to play uh, in that tournament against possibly uh, I think their match is going to be uh, let me pull it up will be against Al Jazeera of mm. I believe the UAE uh, who is the Asian champion as well um, and so yeah that is going to be um, what's going on there and uh, I should also say about this prize you know, I did a little I did my research of course uh, and uh, on their roster, they have uh, several of the family of Tahitian footballers, the Tahal brothers, uh, cousins, brothers, their whole family of them. If you do remember that 2013 Confederations Cup squad, there was like five or six guys on the team that all have the same last name. Uh, yeah. These are those same guys still still kicking it in Tahiti. And, uh, and now we're going to get to go play in another international tournament, which is uh, pretty cool for them. And again, not something they do very often. Dude, that's great. I have so many fond memories from them. They, they were just the, t- the typical, like, just oh, it was horrible. There. They I mean, it was actually they horrible. They their asses kicked, like, 10 nothing every single game. But they're, like, showing up and putting, you know, like, wreaths or whatever those lay necklaces were, like, over uh, the other players' necks. And uh, they, they were just, you know, smiles on their faces. Like, yeah, we're going to get our asses kicked. But, like, you know what, let's just have a little bit of fun with and it. And they'll always, and they'll always 
Nigeria and I believe their final group stage game, uh, which was literally a, a time for celebration for all of them. Yep, there you have it. Very good. Uh, and yeah, my stoppage time winner, uh, not soccer related. I'm just going to uh, wish everyone a happy new year uh, and good health in 2022 and that this fucking pandemic finally ends. Uh, and also a shout out to you, Jared. It's been enjoyable spending, uh, you know, part of the year uh, on the phone with you uh, on this podcast and um, yeah, getting this thing going and, and keeping it, keeping it plugging along through 2022 will be uh, just yet another enjoyable endeavor of ours, I am sure. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate your time. Buddy, you've been super generous with it, uh, not just today in this podcast, but uh, over the last couple of months. And, and yeah, just really enjoyed doing the podcast, at least something to kind of distract us from all the shittiness of 2021. So I appreciate you, buddy. Of course. And same to you. I really uh, I'm very happy that you decided to uh, go on this endeavor. I'm happy that you thought that I was a worthy person to do it with you. Uh, so I'm very thankful for you uh, having made this decision that we've been doing it. What now? Maybe like five, six months, something like that, or four months. I don't know. It's yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. And I, I do certainly look forward to catching you on the other side of the ball dropping and doing this into the new year and, and, uh, and beyond. For sure. Yeah. Oh, no, Jared, there is no one uh, that, that I would rather talk, you know, Turkish Super League with uh, than you. So, yeah, you're the obvious choice. Uh, but anyways, uh, that will do it. Uh, that is my stoppage time winner. And again, to the traveling supporters, really appreciate you listening throughout 2021 uh, and hopefully into 2022. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it. I'll go ahead and whistle full time. Uh, guys, we don't do any marketing or social media. So if you're mildly entertained, please tell a friend and spread the love, Godspeed, via con Dios, and cheers, y'all. Bye-bye. He's our striker, he's on fire. Ooh, hot, hotter than Mitrovic. Scoring goals home and away. He's playing for the ticks and he's on fire. Grand talk was a catastrophe. He just wouldn't go away. Oh, and then Will Brick turned it round. Cost us one million pound. Oh, I said Will Brick turned it round. Cost us one million pound. Will Brick is on fire. Will Greg is on fire